The Edge of the World Art Studio is proud to present Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Danielle Lee. Artwork by Helen Rachel Lee. Music by Fish Zombie the Onions. And special thanks to Spooky the Cat for her contributions, fuzzy as they might be. Chapter 25 The Witching Hour Penelope walked with purpose down the now dark streets of Carson City. Odysseus followed, asking any question he could think of. Where are we going? It's up here a bit, she would respond. Or, It's just around the corner. Or, We're nearly there. But when they would have reached where to Odysseus, up here a bit, should be, she just kept walking. So he followed. Why don't we just stop here? We have to see the general. The general of what? Everything. She said casually as she continued her march. Odysseus began to breathe heavier, and his steps slowed. Penelope was getting further and further ahead. Where are you from? I get around. No, I mean originally. I don't see why that would matter. What's your last name? Penelope stopped suddenly. She turned to him. As he caught up, then he labored to catch his breath. He swept the telegraph from his shoulders, setting it on the ground next to him. Why? Why what? asked Odysseus. Why do you ask? Do you think that just because someone's not rich or from some land or some royalty, they're not worth anything? I can't just keep calling you Lucy. It's not proper. You should be Miss... I don't know. You can just call me Lucy. Almost everybody does. Penelope said in a sharp, pointed tone. I was just curious. I mean no offense. I just never met a female detective before. And, well, I wanted to know more about you. And I thought, if I knew your last name, at least I knew something about you, he explained. She took a moment and stared at Odysseus. I don't have one, she said as she spun around. You don't have a last name? How's that? I gave it up. Like a coat I no longer care for. Its style just didn't suit me, so I left it behind, with people who seemed to think more of it than I did. Why? he asked. She turned to him again. I don't know, Mr. Wachowski. Why don't you try to guess? I would prefer right way. And I would prefer none at all. How did you become a detective? he asked. She stared at him but said nothing. I'm a reporter. It's just a habit to ask questions, he explained, even though she asked no question of him. Penelope smiled. Don't lie to yourself. That's the first rule, Mr. Rightway. The first rule of being a detective? No, it's the first rule of witchcraft. Rule one, don't lie to yourself. Witchcraft is about altering reality from what it is to what you want it to be, if you lie to yourself, how will you ever know you succeeded? What does witchcraft have to do with it? That's the answer to your question. Which question? All of them. But if you insist on interviewing me, let's do it inside. She turned to a gate along an adobe wall. She opened it and held it for him to step through. Now, stay quiet. The others are sleeping. She let him through the garden to the back door of a two-story home. She pulled on a ribbon around her wrist. A small silver key attached to the end fell into her hand. Odysseus saw the decorative head 
of the key. It had three moons, two crescents on either side of a full moon. Penelope used the key on the back door and slipped it back in her cuff. They entered into the kitchen. She pulled a chair for him and set it in front of a center work table. She set a kettle on the hearth and began collecting small items throughout the kitchen. As she was working, she said, All right, Mr. Rightway, ask your questions. How did you become a detective? Well, in Massachusetts, there was a murder. A girl from an affluent family. While apprehending the man responsible, they killed him, so he could not tell where the rest of the girl was. What do you mean, rest of her? Well, it would seem the girl's family refused to let him marry her, so he left her hands behind as a symbol, the detective on the case assumed. What happened? With the killer dead and the girl's body still missing, the detective had nothing to go on. Then... The grandmother, who was of an older faith, sent the detective to a fortune teller who worked in Salem. You? No. Penelope finished her rummage through the kitchen and set a three-tiered tray of snacks on the table before Odysseus. There were scones on the bottom, there was a roast beef sandwich in the middle, and some small slices of pie on top. But I worked for her at the time. Doing what? Everything. In exchange, she taught me magic. Penelope filled a teapot from the kettle on the hearth. Did she know what happened to the girl? I don't know. She refused to help him, but she insisted that I go and find the girl for him. And did you? Of course. I found the girl, and from then on, if a case had no leads and would take a miracle to solve, they sent for me. How did you find her? Magic. There's... No such thing as magic. Penelope set a teacup before him and poured some tea from the pot into the cup. Her movements were deliberate and smooth. Odysseus watched her. She seemed to take longer than would be necessary. She sat her own cup across from his and began to pour tea again with slow, graceful movements. There is magic, Mr. Rightway. You see it all the time. It happens so often and with such frequency that you mistake it for the mundane. The truth is, it is the mundane. Would you like to see some magic? Everyone does. Penelope sat across from Odysseus, sipping on her tea. She took a scone. Odysseus took a small sip from his tea. It was warm, and its heat spread to parts of him he didn't know had grown cold. It was not sugary. There was no bite of bitter leaves in it. He set it down and took a scone. Are you going to make a rabbit disappear? Nothing so flashy. I was going to show you a simple ritual. A magic ritual? Yes. So, where was the girl? Odysseus asked, changing the subject. He had finished his scone, and he started on one of the sandwiches from the center of the tray. She had been cut into pieces, wrapped into individual packages, and sent by post to his mother's. The deliveries were interrupted before they could reach the man's mother. With them was sent a wedding dress and the hands of a prostitute that had been found dead. Why? Well, he was planning to reconstruct her later. How did you know all of this? He asked. Penelope finished her sandwich, poured them both more tea, and took the pie from the top tier. Placing it on the saucer of her teacup, she slid it across the table to Odysseus. 
I asked the goddess for help. What goddess? The goddess of spring, of life. And she told you where to find the girl? In a way. She let me talk to her. The dead girl. Who else? She told me where I could find her body. The funny thing was, her and the man were together. She said she did love him, but he'd been ill, and now he was better. She hadn't wanted to die, but now they could be together, leaving behind the physical defects and the diseases of the mind in the physical world. Now there was just them and love. She was with the man who killed her and cut her into pieces? Do you doubt everything you hear or just the things I say? She ate a bite of pie directly from the top tier of the tray. She picked it up with her hands and put it directly in her mouth. Odysseus stopped for a second. Why was that so inviting, he thought. What is wrong with me? What about your magic trick, he asked her. Magic ritual, she corrected him. Magic ritual, can I see it? Haven't you guessed yet? She asked as she drained the last of her teacup. We just finished it. He looked at the table, the tea set, the tiered tray. It was the tea? Yes, the tea. Each part of it was symbolic. As the server, I cast the spell. As the served, you accepted it. With each bite, you agree to my terms. The plates represent the distance between us, and each gets smaller as we get closer to the top of the tray. The gaps between us become smaller and smaller. The first tier is the scone. It's sweet, but not dessert. It keeps a savory biscuit quality that represents the first meeting. Pleasant, but separate, like a handshake. The second is the sandwich. Savory and salty. The meat of the relationship. It's business and truth. We learned at this stage who we truly are. No pleasantries welcome. No sugar. And the distance between us gets smaller. Then the dessert. The smallest plate. This represents true affection, sweet and joyful. It represents the happy feeling of knowing you share your life with a friend, even if that's only for the duration of this meal. And through the whole ceremony is the tea, the warmth of life shared, the flow of life that comes from the goddess, warmed on the hearth, the center of the house, both body and heart. And what does the ritual do? It's a friendship ritual. Friendship. Despite the fact we spoke mostly about a disembodied girl, if you were to be asked at this moment, if you were my friend, would you say yes? Odysseus didn't answer. He turned for a moment and tried not to look at her. He found it impossible. He turned back to her. She was looking at him. He felt like she could see through him. I thought you were going to read my tea leaves or something. Would you like me to? She took his teacup and turned it over on his saucer. She smiled at him and picked up his cup, examining the saucer. Odysseus saw her smile drop. She paled and looked at him with genuine surprise in her expression. Quietly, she cleared the pie crumbs from her saucer and turned her cup over onto it. She removed her cup and studied her own saucer. The cup slipped from her hand and shattered on the floor at her feet. The crash of the cup was louder than Odysseus would have thought possible. Had they been whispering this whole time? He asked himself. From the stairs they heard the footsteps and the voice of a man calling down. Who's there? Is anyone there? 
Penelope looked as shocked as she had been when she saw the tea leaves. Run! She told Odysseus. She turned and ran for the door they had come in. Odysseus looked at the tea saucers for a moment, grabbed his telegraph, and then followed after Penelope. The leaves on his saucers formed two circles as they overlapped a little. Her saucer was the same. Odysseus thought two bubbles must have formed. When they broke, the tea leaves were left behind in circles. A circle is the simplest form, and that the pattern showed up twice is not a coincidence. It's more a matter of science. But what had Penelope read into it? When he caught up with her, she was leaning against a lamppost, laughing and breathing hard. Lucy, that wasn't your house, was it? He asked. <laughs> no! She laughed and smiled at him. He began to smile as well. And it's not a boarding house or a friend's house you're staying at either. No, it wasn't. Did we just commit a burglary? Yes! All of that, and I never got to see what your magic trick does. It does this. Penelope grabbed Odysseus by the collar and kissed him on the lips. He let her. She let him go, and he nearly fell over. For once, Penelope saw Odysseus had no more questions. Come on now, Oscar, we're late. She began walking again. He followed, quietly. This has been Helen of the Iron Horse, written by Paris Lee. Artwork by Helen Lee. Performed by Helen and Paris. All characters within are fictional and bear no intentional resemblance to anyone living or dead, except, I guess, for Helen and Paris. See more of our work at edgeoftheworldart.com. If you would like to comment on the show or ask any question, please email us at helenoftheironhorse at gmail.com. The proceeding was made with the love and encouragement of all of our friends at the LA LGBT Center's Trans Lounge. Thank you.